1: Hi and hello. Check out the new episode of the Dave Damaschek football program. Dan
2: Hansus, Patrick Claybon, and I are debating who has the best collection of wide receivers in the NFL.
0: Best TV dads, best comebacks in sports history. Check it out. NFL.com slash podcasts.
1: The Around the NFL podcast.
3: Can't get enough Bruno Mars. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansus, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, Greg, you ready to rock? No. (laughs) I was trying to get the boys hyped up for today's three-man weave.
4: Well, we each got to pick up the slack when there's only three of us here. That means, Wes, you have to talk more.
2: Uh, I didn't get the rundown until a half a minute before the show. Oh, so I was trying to cram in some prep time. Oh, no. He no. did it. Well, you know, Wes, you could have at some
3: point in the hour before the show been like, hey, Dan, did you ever send out a rundown? And I would have been like, ooh, maybe I forgot to put your name on it. Here, let me forward this to you, brah.
2: Would you like to hear my point of view on that? Sure, go ahead. Well, you were over there working away. I figured I didn't want to interrupt your concentration.
3: Oh, Plus, give you, Fair point. you room to breathe
4: over there. Plus, you know, basing Thanks, it on prior... Uh, run-done sending, you could have thought maybe it's just going to be a last-minute. be a late one. Sometimes You'd that happens. One.
3: Trust the system. Trust the system. All right, you know what? Here's the thing, though. I believe you are such a, a talent, Wes, that <laughs> even with this minimal amount of prep time, you're going to hit it out of the park.
2: Thank you. That's a different story than before the show when you were trying to replace me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but they're, now, now you're doing inside jokes. And now, now the real question, though, just to bring this home,
2: Hey Greg, you ready
3: to rock? I'm not ready to rock. All right. Greg's not a rock guy. No, he's not. He likes some rock music. He likes a lot not of rock much. music, but he doesn't. What do
4: you mean? You're more
3: of a hip hop guy.
4: No, I. That's a misnomer. I mean, I love I love rock
3: too, or I love a lot of misconceptions.
4: Singer songwriters. You're right. Maybe it's a little so- softer stuff.
3: In general, I find there to be a lot of misconceptions around Greg. <laughs> Like, on Twitter the other day, somebody was like, oh, Dan and Wes are so funny. Even Greg was kind of funny on this show. I was like, whoa, Rosie Slays. Well, yeah, that's your, unfair. Your guys'
4: response was almost more insulting than uh, than that guy.
2: What and, did I say? I, I, I complimented you. Yeah, it was
3: like, you didn't even need to respond.
2: I said the boss so that has that
3: been guy. a bit machine lately. See, that was a little backhanded. <laughs> Wes's has was been a bit machine. Mine, Greg, I believe I deserve an apology. Mine was... <laughs> Greg Slays. That's that's a comedy term for someone that's doing well in the world of I comedy. I gotcha.
2: I think you should Going be happy killed. that your friends, are, friends have your back. I am. I'm happy.
3: I bet if your boy Jezzelneck would have been like, oh, Greg Slays, you would have been like, oh, that's a big compliment. But coming from the old <laughs> Zeuser, it's like you think I'm <laughs> taking shots.
4: It always comes back to uh, RGVP.
3: I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's, it's such ancient history at this point. Uh, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast sponsored by no one. Loved by tens of thousands, beholden, Wes. To no one. To no one. I, got, I stuck it to Damoshek. I was on his show yesterday. You should check it out, the Dave Damoshek football program. Uh, after I beat him in trivia, becoming the latest uh, guest on enemy turf to take down Sheck in his own trivia game, mm. uh, this time naming, 40, or naming quarterbacks who threw touchdown passes to Jerry Rice. I, I said, deal with it, McDonald's. I'm all Burger King. I heard that. That should—that was wow. a shot across the bow of uh, Chex's major sponsorship. So, you guys proud of me? <laughs> More <laughs> I, of an in-and-out guy. Uh, yeah, Mark's not here. Mark's on vacation. Uh, we've been checking in. There was a little discussion, do we want to give Mark a call? And just to see where he is, because he was doing some time in Manhattan. And then all of a sudden. Doing time. Yeah, Then, uh, well, no, he is having the time of his life, I should say, in Manhattan. And then he was in Massachusetts, and we saw some photos of um, Kerouac's grave. So Mark was doing that thing, and now he's hanging out with his old camp buddies. He's Maybe we'll
2: call him tomorrow. Maybe we'll check in with him. Didn't Natalie Merchant or the 10,000 Maniacs have a Jack Kerouac song?
3: I'm Mark, not Mark familiar know. with their
2: catalog.
4: I mean, I like a lot of non-hip-hop, but I wouldn't throw 10,000 mm. Maniacs into that.
3: Yeah, mm. uh, and by, And speaking of Mark and photos and Instagram, uh, some unexpected and, frankly, delightful heat uh, between the kissing cousins popped up before the show. Chris Wessling, uh, just like he gets upset that his bits are underappreciated on the show, upset that Mark gets adulation for his Instagram feed, <laughs> his artistic merits as, as a photographer. And this is a direct quote from Wes. Wes says, I'm a great photographer, too. T- check out my sunsets.
2: Well, that's not a starters. direct quote.
3: Uh, no, here's the direct quote from Wes, though. <laughs> because uh, Greg asks, oh, do people actually like Mark's photos? They think he does, like, a nice job artistically. I didn't Paraphrase, say you Paraphrasing. I'm, you're not saying That's that. the basic gist of what you said.
4: That's not true. Now you're making this Oh, my God. Better. No,
3: you said, oh, people are, you know, like mark's Well, Mark he was does. saying
4: people were really super complimentary of his yes. photography to the point where it was annoying him, and I was like. I didn't well, say it so annoyed me.
2: Here is, this is a lot of mischaracterization going on. Here's Wes's
3: exact quote. Mark, quote, tries to do L.A. empty streets. <laughs> that's not, not much to read into <laughs> that. I mean, it's that's pretty not, much black and white. That's not what happened. Did you say it? It's black and white like most of his photos. Did you say it?
4: Ooh, <laughs> shot right there, too. <laughs> Good joke. Did you say it? See, now we're now we're in on all your jokes. There's This is a bit that's going to have to You talk. know, I, I'm, I not just, a
3: big, I'm not a big, like, pun humor guy, so maybe that's part of the reason. I don't, I'm not into I don't, your, I don't like, all the time. I don't like puns.
4: Yikes. <laughs> You're a big pun guy.
3: No, I'm not. I hate puns. Most of your bits that that we miss are puns. No, they're not. How would you know if you miss them or not? Because you never hear them. Because the listeners always, you know, snitch. They're not
4: puns. It is there in your Twitter bio, you know, like pun pun
3: expert. (laughs) That's (laughs) Twitter bio. Pun heavy football analyst. (laughs) Uh, All right, today's show. Oh yeah, sorry. Yep, you're right. You're right. Go ahead.
2: I'm not annoyed at that. Mark's Instagram feed is one of my favorites that I have. I really enjoy it. I just use it a little, as a little motivi- motivation just like you assumed that the minor league baseball player was going to out-hit me in softball, and that race was called months ago. Uh,
3: wait a second. Now you're taking shots at our shortstop, Tony Garcia?
2: No, he's our second-best hitter on the team.
3: <laughs> wow. Is he our second-best player?
2: Yeah, he might be a better all-around player than okay. me.
3: Well, there you go. Wes has been an excellent hitter. Uh. Uh, and a great teammate but a little you know, he's really he needs that he needs that pat on the he head. He likes that fire. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He's like the he's like a David Ortiz type. A great hitter but his feet are burning every
2: time he has to run around <laughs> the bases. That's not true. And <laughs> that's not even close to true. First to third last week. We go I, first to third yeah. on this team. Um on today's show,
3: we have a little bit of news to get to quiet time of the year. Uh, we will talk about, uh, based off something Jameson Crowder said of the Redskins, he believes Washington has the best wide receiver group in the NFL. We'll talk about if that is even remotely accurate, and if not, who does have the best wide receivers. Greg, you wrote a banger along those same lines, correct? It's a mid- mid-banger, mid you know, the not mid-banger. peak form, but I tried. Not a hard banger.
4: Just Late kind of June. Medium it's banger. Like a soft banging.
3: Yeah, okay. Uh, We will get our old friend, Kevin Patra, coming at you on the phone where we'll talk to him about his personal life. That's an important thing to talk about. But also uh, we'll talk about what teams that have never won a Super Bowl have the best chance this year to win a Super Bowl. And um, we bring that up because the Cleveland Cavaliers, of course, won their first NBA title uh, in team history on Sunday. So a lot to get to. Uh, and before the before we do that, uh, we'll check with Irish behind the glass. What's up, buddy? Nothing much. I do have to back up Weso on the leadership on the softball team. Nothing uh, fueled me more than last week when he yelled at me, "You don't mean anything," um, and that was that really that fueled was me. Taken out of context. Well, a lot of out of context moments. Early. We were
2: down by four runs, and he had a leadoff single in the last oh, inning. I know so. It's not an existential statement. You just don't mean anything as a base runner at that point in the game.
4: I know. No, I knew what you meant. But, you know, I'm going to take it as fuel like any (laughs) great
3: athlete would.
2: How about some more fuel? How about if you bet leadoff for us tomorrow night? Ooh. You know what, Coach? Tell me where to hit, and I'm going to hit.
3: Well, you'll find out tomorrow. But we're leaning toward that direction. That's fine. Uh, Speaking of Irish, uh, Ireland is playing in the Euro Cup, and I have it on the TV in the studio right now. No score, 81st minute, and the Irish are eliminated from uh, cup contention if, they, if, they, if it stays this way or if they lose. So, you know, Irish, I know you're watching this closely. I have it on in here as well in my little room, so I've got to keep an eye on it. Greg being dismissive, sneaky... Um Anti-Irish in a big spot here.
4: Well, you're you're the biggest turncoat since uh, the <laughs> Verizon guy switched to Sprint here. You know, whatever happened to the old U.S. of A. You're well, rooting on them last night. They're out. Okay, let's just go root for another country. What's uh, wrong
3: with that? They're two separate tournaments. Number one, once we're out. Number two, this is America. All of us are have geez, come sir. from other places. That's one. Of well, the I'm not rooting things for Germany. I'll tell you that. Well, you might have other issues, but. <laughs> Uh, I I have Irish blood, and uh, you know I'm going to support the Irish. Now, if the U.S. was playing Ireland in the World Cup, okay, U.S.A. These colors don't run. Okay, but right now,
2: these colors don't <laughs> run. All right, let's do That's some stupid.
3: news. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, now what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colleen asked for it, and there it was. That was the clown. Oh, we should check on that. The poll real quick. I, I threw up a poll what was the best, now what uh, intro, and the winner is with almost 560 votes cast The Clown does win 35% of the vote, beating out The Panicked Coward, uh, The Gay German Disco in 2138, and Dramatic Actor. Let's give The Clown its due. Uh-oh. Now what? And Greg, you're upset because you loved The Panicked Coward. <laughs> man, oh,
4: man, now what? Yeah, I, I disagree with the premise that it has to go by a Twitter poll. I think we should just decide. Okay. You know, trusting the people to decide things, that's not always the best uh, way to do things. That's how Two and a Half Men becomes the most popular <laughs> show in
2: America.
3: Fair enough. But this also, once again, shows your anti-fan lean. Let's go Irish!
2: Put it in! Oh! Get in! Oh, he blew it!
3: You'll blow it.
4: Um, Great podcasting there. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling and screaming about a game that ended hours
3: ago by the time people listen to this. Um, all right. You know, Greg, write <laughs> down with your pessimism. on. Life. Come on, Captain no fun, In General. Uh, all right. Start with some news. Actually, let's start with talk about hot butts. Do you hear that? That's a butt roasting. That's flesh. Thomas Dimitrov enters his ninth season nine seasons as the GM of the Atlanta Falcons. They've missed the playoffs in three straight years. Uh, he lost some of his pull in the organization last year to uh, Scott Pioli, the team's GM. Irish! The Irish put one in, baby. Brady. Brady Ooh, with Brady, the header. Throne of ease. All right. I can get behind that. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're on the throne of ease <laughs> with a bloke named Brady. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at those flags. All right. Awesome news! All right, now hold on to it, Irish. Six minutes. Uh, anyway, so uh, Dimitrov understands he's under the microscope. Here's what he had to say: "Of course, I'm on the hot seat. Every year, I'm on the hot seat." He told the Talk of Fame Network, which is apparently a thing. I believe that 100%. I believe anyone who doesn't think they are maybe just and doesn't think they are maybe just won a Super Bowl, but I think most of us know it's a very urgent league now. Uh, Dimitrov. Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. He's on the hot seat. Let me ask you this. I'll start with uh, Greg on this one. Uh, Is there anybody or who are the other coaches uh, or, excuse me, GMs or front office figures like uh, Dimitrov who are maybe even have warmer butts than Dimitrov right now or close to it?
4: Well, I think you'd start in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Doug Whaley, Teflon, Doug. That would would be one. I don't know if it's hotter than – Dimitrov, but it's, he's, it's gotta be close. He's beloved by the Pagulas. seems to be, but they also had to release a statement at the end of last year that they were keeping him, which is never a, a good sign. So he, he comes to mind quickly. I think David, Dave Caldwell, people don't want to hear it here. And the plan seems to be working in Jacksonville. And yet if they go three and 13, four and 12, there's gotta be a chance that they would change. I don't things. think Caldwell's on the hot seat at all. I think Gus Bradley might be that's, that's more, that's more likely. Dimitrov's an interesting one, too, because, I mean, this is a guy who brought about the greatest era in Atlanta Falcons history, for what it's worth. I mean, the second he came in there, they've started me- winning immediately and consistently for the first time ever. And yet the last three years, four wins, six wins, eight wins. And if they go back under five hundred, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they blow that whole thing
2: up. Well, I mean, just look at this podcast. we It's anathema to talk about the Atlanta Falcons because they're that boring. That's the roster that Dimitrov has put together. There must
4: be a thought too. Moving into a new stadium, you kind of want to have like they are not going to want to move into a new stadium with the stink of, of a group that hasn't won in four or five straight years. They're going to want to give it, someone else a crack with with Matt Ryan.
3: Have we said Les Snead? Les Snead,
4: I don't know if he's on. I don't know. I think Jeff. It, I think it's the same thing where I think Jeff Fisher might lose his job before Les Snead. Oh, I don't I don't know. about They've Jerry been,
3: Jerry Reese. Reese is definitely. That's a hot butt, but but back to Sneed, like I think that Sneed and Fisher <laughs> Crazy. Have, have been so, so hot, I mean, so hot butts, um, so closely tied together. I mean they they've been arm in arm uh, more than really any other pairing in the league, I feel like for so for one to get get thrown out, the other not to. One thing that could be working in Fisher and Sneed's favor is that their stadium is an opening until 2019 and that might even buy them that extra year.
4: And Jared Goff, in theory, depending on Goff, how he looks, situation. could, could yep. buy
3: them an extra year. Um, what about Jerry Jones? A <laughs> hundred years from now, Jerry Jones won't be on this earth, and he'll still be the GM of the Cowboys. <laughs> Mark my words. Uh, all right. Anything else on that, guys? That's it. Let's move on. Uh, all right. Pete Carroll believes that Russell Wilson – Uh, who is entering his fifth season, I believe, uh, is under the impression that Russell Wilson is now a, quote, true veteran. Uh, His ability to move defenders with his eyes, that's what Carroll had to say, to set up some things. He's consistently doing that. Almost unconsciously, he's so clued in. We saw him throw the ball all over the field throughout the offseason. He's been strong and accurate and really precise about this stuff. He has had a great offseason. This is year five. It has taken all of this time to get to this point, and he'll improve, but you can really see him as a real, true vet now. Wes, what does that mean? Because obviously Russell Wilson, two-time Super Bowl, or it was one to two Super Bowls, won one. He's obviously a true veteran at this point, but what is
2: Carroll saying to us? This this quote got raised my eyebrows a little bit because it is true that even though he's had success, they were a run-first team, and – Young quarterbacks, it does take a half a decade. We saw that when Matt Ryan was about in his fifth year, the coaching staff was like, all right, this guy can finally bring the team to the line of scrimmage, look across the line, get them in the right play, find a weak spot on the defense and pick on it. All the things that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning do, he's not on their level now, but Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in the NFL in the second half of the season, along with Cam Newton last year. And I think that's probably when it started clicking for him, and now it doesn't surprise me that Pete Carroll is talking about him becoming a veteran at, you know, I think setting up defenses, poking holes in it, getting his teammates in the right spot, looking at the matchups. I think that's all part of it.
4: Well, it's an easy narrative because Marshawn Lynch is gone, but it's it's overdue to turn the team over to Russell Wilson. He played so unbelievably well down the stretch, and the Seahawks have always been – hesitant to be a pass first team because that's just not how Pete Carroll is wired. But I think for fantasy leaguers and for everyone else out there, I, I would expect this team to operate differently this year. They not only have a shaky backfield in terms of their running backs, but they have great continuity and better talent at wide receiver than they've had throughout the Russell Wilson era. You have Doug Baldwin, who's about to get his third contract with the Seahawks. Uh, who has coming off his best. year? Tyler Lockett, who looks like a star in waiting. You have uh, Paul Richardson coming back, who has some potential. And you have Jermaine Kearse as your third or fourth. That's a good group that's been together with Wilson, and they're going to all start growing up together. This is a guy who's never thrown the ball more than 500 times. He's n- not even gotten to 500. And Ryan Tannehill's out there throwing I'd, it 600
3: times. I'd love to see that offense revolve around Wilson to see how good he can really be. I mean, people don't really talk about it. He almost gets overlooked a little bit because his defense is so great. Uh, but he was the best quarterback in the league for the last two months of the season. I mean, if you look at the numbers, I'm sure Cam was probably Cam was right was, there. But that's right there. But he was throwing four touchdowns a game and not throwing and not turning the ball over for two straight months down the stretch of last season. I think he could be a guy, and we'll talk about it down the line when we have our fantasy football week. Uh, I think he's a guy that could end up being the next big quarterback in terms of the number one stats guy, the number one production guy, and you want him on your roster above anybody else.
2: Wouldn't surprise me at all. And he's a guy who's the first one in the building, last one to leave, smart, high football IQ, and it's still – according to Pete Carroll, took him five years to get to the veteran quarterback spot, took Cam Newton five years to become MVP. What does that say for quarterbacks who aren't quite as good young quarterbacks? It just takes a long time in the NFL. His numbers, though, are crazy for his career. 106 touchdowns,
4: 34 interceptions. And I never would have thought going into last year that going into 2016, who do you trust more to have a Great season, Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck, and I think I, I'm not saying I would rather have Russell Wilson than Andrew Luck, but I think there's at least a better chance that Luck has some struggles than Russell Wilson. I completely trust Russell Wilson to to have that sort of season. You're making a face, Wes. I don't. I'm
2: not playing your game. I don't think I have to choose between the two. Well, why not? Because they're both. Neither one of them is going to struggle. That's fair. I agree. I don't think either one struggles, and yet
4: if. I I believe like out of those that 2012 class, which has obviously lost uh, some people along the way in terms of RG3 and Tannehill's kind of in the middle, but w- Wilson is almost the surest bet right now. Is all I'm saying.
2: That's your opinion. I I say I'm raising my hands in victory. You guys are watching the no Ireland game. luck. I have nothing but supreme confidence in in Andrew Luck. That's fair.
3: Uh, the Irish just advanced, by the way. Good job, Irish. Uh, Speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, Marshawn Lynch, who is, uh, you know, retired, we believe. He says he is. We'll take him at his word. Uh, Old teammate of Russell Wilson. He was on 60 Minutes Sports uh, recently, and he had this to say about what made him uh, a success. What was the secret to his success as a running back? I think that's when it just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and
2: over and 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 over again. They're just not going to want that.
3: And then as a follow-up, the interviewer had this to ask.
2: Think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a motherf***er face. Going to miss that guy. He's the best. You know, we don't say it in this era anymore, but football is still about hitting people. Hmm. Yeah, and nobody did it better. I mean, that guy.
3: No wonder he got out at thirty. We don't know. We were talking. You know, we're reading about uh, Big Poppy at the Red Sox. He said he can't even move anymore. His feet hurt so much. I can't even imagine the. And Marshall Marshawn Lynch is not the type of guy to talk about it, but he's got to be sore when he gets up in the morning. The amount of abuse that he doled out to defenders for a decade in the NFL. Some of that comes back on himself. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been so surprised that he was a guy that got it earlier rather than later.
2: Not surprised at all.
3: And he timed it well with get, getting the guaranteed money.
4: I'm fired up after listening to that speech. You can apply that to other things in life, for sure. Right, and I want to go knock Wes over like I once did over at the NFL Now studios. That's why I'm <laughs> kind of fired up.
2: I just want to... Irish, what's my favorite foot, or uh, softball cheer when you're up to bat? Hit it in the face.
1: Hit Hit the the ball in the
2: face. That's That's what you do when you're hitting. (laughs)
3: Um, And finally in the news, J.J. Watt, the uh, Houston Texans, uh, Dynamo, uh, got into a little Twitter feud with Mike Florio of PFT. uh, And, you know, to me it was sad. It was all over a tweet that J.J. Watt sent out um, of himself in a a very tight USA soccer jersey. And I'm saying jersey because, by the way, uh, not for nothing. I was, I'm trying to get more and more into soccer, and I'm very happy about the Republic of Ireland. Uh, I'll go along with you when you talk about, you know, oh, we're on the pitch and, you know, it's not a game. It's a match. Uh,
2: but I can't come with you on kit. I'm with you on that. I can't. I'm not calling a grown man a kit or whatever he's, he's, he's not wearing. wearing a well, kit. you're not calling wearing a him a kit. kit. Not wearing, I'm not calling his outfit a but kit. But that's his it. uniform.
4: It's his uniform. It's a jersey. Okay. It's uniform. It's I don't think they're making a judgment. First of all, it's very big of you to adopt uh, the vocabulary of the word. Uh, I'm coming at it from a person that
3: watches. Well, you're coming at it from the other side. of No, the I'm
4: area. coming at someone that watches tennis and they call the tennis. They call that kits because it's like it's the whole uniform. It's not just Does it come in a kit. It's not just the jersey. What, as opposed to the NFL. It's, it's the shirts and shorts.
3: Everybody's got a full uniform. Right. It's so
4: that's jerseys. that's fair. That's called the uniform. I guess the kit, I think, is to you know say the whole thing.
3: Anyway. I like Kit. Okay. So anyway, so J.J. Watt sent out a tweet. He's in a skin-tight USA kit. Uh, it's signed by, I guess, the entire team. And he writes, of course he writes it, Kit is a bit snug but ready if called upon. Hashtag USA versus Argentina. It did not go well for the U.S. We're still working on that. Uh, but again, Wes, these colors, they do not run. <laughs> what are uh, you, a walking Toby Keith song? I don't know. Uh, but then Pro Football Talk uh, replied, and that is Mike Florio who runs that account. Correct, Greg? I the mean, most it, part.
4: other people can send out the links, yes. But if the, if it's just someone tweeting out some opinions, it's Mike.
3: Greg used to work for that company. In fact, very <laughs> close with Mike Florio at some point. That's why we're going to get his opinions on this in a second. Uh, <laughs> Florio countered by, a quote, retweeting Watt's tweet and then said, why does everyone want to talk about me? I'm just minding my own business and seeking no attention at all. An old Watt quote. And what he's doing, he's getting on – uh, Watt for bringing attention to himself and being a guy that uh, doesn't have a lot of, I guess, um, modesty about himself, which is something we've been talking about forever, uh, both on this podcast and uh, in written form on The End Around and other places. And now, PFT ruined it. <laughs> for you. Uh, for me, it ruined it. once once Florio's involved and he's the one slinging the arrows, I no longer feel like it's cool to... To get on Watt's back because now I don't know who to who to root for. The waters have been muddied and I'm getting out here.
4: So R.I.P. What exactly are we resting in peace here? J.J. He, J. Watt criticism. I'm no longer February 2016 through June 2016.
3: Been longer than that. I mean, it went back all the way even before Hard Knocks. Remember when he was rapping? That's to a Fort good minor? point. That's the last. Second. That was like kind of right. peak false humility for J.J. J. Watt.
2: Um... I don't follow Pro Football Talk on Twitter because I don't need to know when the fifty-third guy on the roster got released or signed to a minimum contract or whatever. Don't we do that on our account too, though? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair.
3: Do you follow around the
2: NFL? I do, but we don't. We uh, tweet more meaningful things. Um,
3: like that a little heat there to PFT and around the NFL.
2: Uh, that's not
4: true at all. No. Okay. You were saying you agree with the essentially. you I agree you, with it. They, you agree with his point.
3: But I've been on record the whole time about Watt with this stuff. But you know, but then Florio doubled down and he wrote a 671 word post where he, uh, you know, explained his side of this. This is the stuff that happens in the end of June. What Watt went
4: after you know Watt went after him he said to take his saltiness elsewhere. And, That's right. And do you know why JJ Watt went after him? It's because he feels like this when people tear him up.
0: It hits me right in the heart.
4: It hits him right there. Like, he's just trying to be himself, and people are just coming at him like that.
3: It's not cool. You know, this is where I would then say, no, he's a phony, but that's it. And, and then, Oh, you're and done with it. I'm but out if, of it. If you said that, then he would be like,
1: All I know is oh. you mess with me, you got problems. Th- that's all I know. That,
4: listen to that. That's he's dynamic. I like it. This does yeah. remind me of um, the song from the new movie, uh, which quickly left theaters, Pop Star, Never Stop s- Stopping. I believe. Uh, about what is it called? I'm the most humble, which is uh, a great, great. Song. I'm so humble.
3: I'm so humble. Uh, yeah, that movie did not do well. I was one of seven people to see it in the theaters, I believe. The song is unbelievable. That's what's happening in the news. I'm out. JJ Watt, do whatever you want, buddy. You won't see any heat coming from NFL.com anymore.
2: An end around staple, no longer gonna mm, either.
3: Can't do it anymore. The the fun's been taken out of it. Taken out of it. All right, let's talk about it. Jamison Crowder is uh, a wide receiver. Um, For the Washington Redskins, uh, he's a slot re- receiver, had a nice, nice rookie season, 59 for 604. So he's a part of the future there in Washington. Um, now they've added Josh Dotson, of course, and you already had Deshaun Jackson in the building. Pierre Garçon is in the building. Uh, you have Jordan Reed lining uh, up a uh, tight end. Might be the best player out of that whole group. Might be. Uh, and he was asked on ESPN 980 uh, if he believed that the Redskins have the best receivers in the league. And he had this to say, yeah, yeah, we do. We think that, you know, we're the best in the league, knowing that we've got guys like d Pierre Garcon, like you said, Jordan Reed. He had a great season last year. We even added Vernon Davis at tight end. Let's slow down there. But he's still another weapon that we can really can really help us out in the passing game. And he goes on and on and
2: on. Uh, do the Redskins have the best wide receivers in the league West or they, just receiving core? They have the best wide re- they have the best receiver core in the trainers room. Mm. Okay. How can you count on Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson to stay healthy all year? I mean, it sounds great in June to say they they have the best wide receiver core. I wouldn't put them over the Cardinals by any stretch. It
4: it is on paper, and that's a fair point. Garcon also uh played through some injuries last year, and for what it's worth, Josh Dotson didn't practice for most of exactly. this offseason mm-hmm. while he's struggling with an injury. So that's that's a good
2: point. But that is the deepest group in the league. I mean, that is five. I would take the Cardinals as a much deeper group. Throw in J.J. Nelson and David Johnson and Darren Fells and Andre Ellington.
4: Well, for the purpose of this, from the exercise I wrote about, I only counted receivers and tight ends. I didn't throw in running backs into the receiver group, which definitely would help uh, the Cardinals out and hurt hurt the Redskins, but that's five deep in quality. You're going J.J. Nelson as what, your fifth? So you have Fitzgerald, Brown, Floyd, Nelson, and then Jerron Brown would be your Darren fifth. Darren
2: Fells, who's gotten rave reviews all offseason from Arians and Palmer.
4: They have not used the tight end a ton, although Fells has looked good in, in spurts for them, especially late last year. Redskins are taking you out there in the four and five spot. So just in terms of depth, I would go Washington. But I did rank well, to your point. Cardinals were my number one because I think they're better in terms of quality. I think you got an all-time great coming off an all-time game in Fitzgerald. You have a great deep threat in Floyd. Uh, you have Brown who is incredible, and I think Nelson. And who knows what we'll see out of the rest of that team?
3: I think we'll see a better John Brown than last year. By the way, who had a nice season, no doubt, yep. but he could have been better. He left some yards on the field if he takes the next step. Even if Fitz comes down a little bit, which we talked about the superstar club that there's a that there's some belief at least in this room that not by Wes, of course, that he could take a step back in his age 32 season. If Brown takes a step up, they're going to stay right at that elite level at the wide receiver position.
2: I would take all 3 of those Cardinals wide receivers over any Redskins wide receiver.
4: Huh. I would I would not. Well, that's interesting. They are they are better at the top. Garcon is a guy who I've always thought is almost underrated. Drops some passes, but physical, great after the catch. Deshaun Jackson, I don't know if he's underrated, but he's got a unique skill set. It's not like these guys are lousy. And Crowder had a great – I think Crowder's a good player. I mean, Crowder, Crowder, Dotson, and Reed, even if Garcon and Jackson are gone after this year, that's a nice one, two, three. Crowder looks like kind of what you're looking for in a slack guy.
3: And I, Wes is right. d always hurt but he's given no indication that when he is healthy, he's still the best deep guy in the league.
2: It's a nice-looking group. Would you put them second, Wes? No, I would take the Patriots. Ooh. Well,
3: on Greg's list, Greg Give has— Give me the team
2: with Gronk over the team with the all the guys who are always injured.
3: Greg has Arizona 1, Washington 2, and you have the Pats 3.
4: Well, Gronk, to me, is so much better than anyone else at tight end and one of the all-time best players at the position. That's a huge edge right there. I think Julian Edelman is obviously a very good receiver, and now you have Martellus Bennett would be the number three, and you got some
2: decent depth in Amendola and Hogan back in those guys. The more I look at this, I'm just not as impressed with the Redskins as everyone else is. Really? I think I'd take – give me Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and any two or three bums over the Redskins collection. Really? I I disagree because Reed, first of all, is – a top
4: we think he's a top five receiver when he plays okay which is very rarely uh garcon jackson and crowder to me are all starters and dotson a lot of people thought is the most pro ready guy of any of these rookies so these are quality starters if you're going five deep with quality starters that's pretty good
3: redskins have a very high ceiling but also a very low floor uh, as a group if they all get hurt of course here's one group the jaguars you have Greg, you have them as your your fourth best wideout or receiver group. Uh, that seems about right. On the Sheck show yesterday I mentioned them when talking about the best wide receiver groups. Uh, especially if Julius Thomas. Uh, let's see, is he a little is he trimmed down? Have we seen anything in the, the OTA write ups or <laughs> minicamp? He was a little yes. beefy last year. Yes, uh, season. we
2: have seen a few things that he's trimmed down. And
3: that, you know, he's picking up the offense better. We'll see.
4: The problem with uh, the Jets Let's just let's just wait a second. Let's bring this
3: up. No, you're not allowed to bring it up because you once again as is usual whether it's the scientists or Mark, you know, I'm always on the defense of the Jets. It doesn't matter what they do. Because the best 1-2 combination in football last year at wide receiver, you would think they would crack a top 4 on a list like this. Well, Brandon Marshall, best numbers, and Eric Decker were fabulous as a tandem last year. And then you go arbitrary Greg because you you say, "Oh, we'll include tight ends in this, but even though it's a 2016 and teams spread out their offenses, I won't allow any receiving. That's not a receiver backs. group. That's and not what Matt we're Forte counting. Matt Forte is one or two years removed from a 100 catch season. He will be a huge part of the passing game for the Jets this year. So I include Matt Forte. So then you get Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, and Matt Forte all on the same offense. That is. To me, a top three receiver group.
4: Well, if you're if you're adding running backs in, it changes the whole
3: equation. Yes. No, it's but just funny that you'll find a way to eliminate <laughs> the position group that will keep the Jets off. I like
4: sleep. that you think that the whole strategy behind it was to <laughs> I eliminate know the Jets. I see you. There were many teams, like the Broncos that you mentioned, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, Wes, where the fall off after the top two was immense. Not only did a team not have a third receiver, but like the Broncos, but they don't have a tight end like the Broncos. Uh the Jets, for instance, do not really have a third receiver I grant you that. and do not really have a tight end right now. The Bucks have Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. We'll see if your boy Cameron Bray or Austin Severian Jenkins step up. I'm but, not I'm not nominating the Bucks. Right. And and the one team I that almost made it that that I felt the worst about were the Bengals cuz to me AJ Green, Tyler Eifert, and whoever else you can find. Theo Bernard is a great is a great group, but for also an injured, injury-prone type of guy.
3: Absolutely. That's a good conversation and a good piece. You called it a soft banger, Greg. I thought uh, it was pretty hard. Yeah, you know, it was it a uh, medium level. But I I did pick a couple teams likely to
4: rise. I love that Devonte Parker Jarvis Landry combination. You know, you Miami. really love the
3: Dolphins, man. Yeah. You are all in. Who were we just talking about the other day? The Dolphins.
4: Well, oh, a lot of it is because of like. these receivers.
2: Yes. I got a hard banger for you. Okay. Why don't you rank from 1 to 32 each starting quarterback according to the weapons they have at their disposal? Mm. So that that would include the running
4: backs and whatnot? Yes. Does that include the offensive line? Yes. Mm. That's interesting. I like that. I
3: like West giving some love to the line, too, because they don't get called weapons a lot. You never hear a left tackle called a weapon, but they certainly are. You're telling me Joe Thomas, the best pass blocking uh, tackle in the game, is not a weapon? Keeping heat off you. I'm stepping up. I'm stepping up to the plate for uh, Connor Orr, who loves offensive linemen. He
4: is. He he does. He's annually the only person that nominates an offensive lineman for making the leap. So I appreciate that, just <laughs> for diversity. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his nominee this year? Jake Chill Matthews. Jake the Snake. Mm. Finished Should off be. last year pretty well. By the way, the Steelers, if they had Martavis Bryant, would have been one or two. I'm not totally And by sure. the
2: way, that's the answer to the best wide receiver duo in the league last year, Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. Mm, that's that's
4: true. I think I would take them over the Jets. Maybe not total production. I don't know if the numbers
2: uh that. Well, Bryant sat out the first six right. games of the year, and then he came back, and they were unstoppable.
3: Well, I'm just saying the Jets, uh, I'll use that in their defense as well. The there was no other options on that offense besides those two guys, and they had a top ten offense. I, I'm not. They gonna, were great. The Steelers. I am not gonna like fight you on that. I mean, those guys are both uh, incredibly explosive. So yeah, that's cool. The Steelers can go ahead of the Jets, but the Jets should be in the top four. I'm sorry. All right, so who are you taking out? The Jags. Maybe the Skins. West has got me thinking now. A lot of things have to go right for the Skins to have a, a great, uh, great uh, offense this year. Quincy and <laughs> no, I'm that's telling I got you, that's to say to you. That's not a good situation. All right, moving on. Oh, can we, uh, Irishman, can we get a good friend, a local tough from the city of Chicago, but <laughs> one of the last guys you want to encounter in an alley when the chips are down. The resident tough guy of around the NFL. A warrior in the streets. (laughs) A gentleman in the bedroom. (laughs) A man that steps down, steps back from no challenge. Our own Jon Snow, covered in blood, gasping for air, but never giving up. Eventually, Brandon will get him on the line.
4: (laughs) I want the rest of the show to be Dan stretching out the intro. I want it to be for ten more minutes. And we never even get Patra on the phone. The show just ends like that.
3: A guy with a a, a six o'clock shadow. (laughs) Is it five o'clock shadow? Five o'clock shadow. That's like blades. Hello, it's Kevin Patra. Going on? What's up, buddy? Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast. We were just speaking of your glory (laughs) before this.
1: My glory. Yeah, just if, in general.
4: If you want to listen to three minutes of an uncomfortable pumping up of Kevin Patra as we waited to get you on the phone, just listen to today's podcast.
3: I'll remember to uh, skip that part. We um, we have a lot to get to with Kev uh, about what's going on in his life uh, and what's going on in his weight room and what's going on outside the window as he looks down upon the city of Chicago while lifting uh, stark sure. naked. But before we get to that, we want to talk some football with Kev. Does that sound cool?
1: That sounds great. Hey, Dan, can I, tell, can I tell you something real quick? Sure, you go start? ahead. I, just, I wanted to uh, vocally uh, congratulate you on your new child. Oh, I'm not usually uh, wow. pro-human procreation, but uh, you seem <laughs> like you got it under control. So
3: I like I really appreciate that. I know what you're saying. Yeah, Some people, that they're either not responsible enough to, right. to bring a child into the world or not. You know, don't have the financial wherewithal, uh, I know what you're saying, bud.
4: That could be your Twitter bio, Kevin, not usually in favor of human procreation.
2: How do you feel about uh, young children on airplanes, Patrick?
1: Oh, I know the worst. <laughs> <laughs> we that's can get into that in the airplane pod
3: Patrick will learn that. The, the, the soft version of Kevin Patrick will soon learn that that's something that a young parent uh, can't really avoid, uh, especially if your family lives in different parts of the country. But that, we'll save that for another conversation. Let's start right now. Uh, and what we're going to talk about is which team uh, will be uh, will win its first Super Bowl in uh, 2017 when the trophy is handed off uh, at Reliance Stadium uh, in Houston. Get excited, everybody. There's 13 teams, which is surprising. You would think there would be less than 13 out of the uh, 32 NFL teams that have uh, – won the Super Bowl but here's the list and we you know it doesn't count AFL titles obviously Bills Bengals Browns Texans Jaguars Titans Cardinals Falcons Panthers Lions Vikings Eagles and uh, the San Diego Superchargers and for the purpose of this uh, exercise and we'll start with Kevin Patrick here let's kind of stay away from the Cardinals and Panthers because I think everyone is kind of you know has a feeling that these are Two of the top six to eight teams in the league. So you're not really hanging onion to say that those are much
2: like the Cavs were the favorites in the NBA East this season.
3: I well, I don't know. What does that have to do with anything?
2: No, I thought we were I thought this was inspired by the Cavs winning their first title. Yeah, the Cavs won, but
3: if we did that same exercise before that season started, we wouldn't talk about the Cavs because they'd be the heavy favorite.
2: But we
4: can we can acknowledge. All right, wait. The I'm fact. gonna step.
3: You know what? I'm gonna step back now. Greg and Wes will listen to themselves talk about how the Panthers and Cardinals could win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Go ahead, guys, and then let me know when I can get in. Go ahead, teach us something about these two teams. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Ooh, that's fascinating. What else? Well, just you have to
4: acknowledge off the top if if the whole idea is which yeah. teams are most likely to win their first Super Bowl. Yeah. Then, then you point those teams but out. That's or? what I just did. Yeah. You guys start. Well, you can pick annoyed. one over the other. I think the Cardinals are more likely than the Panthers. If you got to pick one, okay. I would go Cardinals.
3: Cool.
2: Uh, maybe the Browns. All right. College. So we can.
3: All right. I'm jumping back in. All right. <laughs> maybe great. the Browns. The Cardinals and Panthers are the teams that are most likely. Now, Patrick, get us going. Add a, besides those two teams, which team in that list of those remaining 11 do you think has the most realistic chance here?
1: I think I would go with the Minnesota Vikings, I think, on the strength of their Ooh. defense. Um, with Mike Zimmer, I think they could pull off sort of what um, we saw the last couple of years with the Panthers, getting into the playoffs, getting deep into the playoffs on the strength of their defense. I mean, I know you guys in that room aren't huge Teddy Bridgewater fans, but we've seen much worse quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Um, and I think with you no, guys, that's some true. young core, young front seven in the defense, Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks coming into their own, I think this could be a team that is going to – Fight like with the Packers for the NFC North. They'll get into the playoffs as a wild card. They should have beat the Seahawks last year. They almost beat the Cardinals in the regular season on the on a prime time game.
2: Hmm. And
1: if Teddy Bridgewater hadn't screwed up, they probably could have won that game. So I think this is a, a young team that's blossoming, and they got added some new pieces in Laquan Treadwell. I think that they're the team out of the other eleven that I would go with.
4: I think Teddy Bridgewater would need to be better. You said we've seen a lot of teams win. Super Bowls with quarterbacks, you know, worse than Teddy Bridge. There haven't been that many. I didn't say a lot.
1: I didn't say a lot. I said we've seen teams with worse quarterbacks.
4: Yeah, it, we, it's happened, but I think he would need we, to. We saw it last year. Yeah, I think he just would need to take that next step, whether it's to 2015 Andy Dalton or, or even you know, just a bordering on a top-ten quarterback. I think you, you need a guy that's willing to go down the field a little more or able to go down the field a little more. But I think you're right. I think this is a team that's set up to win now. It's a young team, but they've been together a little while now. And you have Adrian Peterson still kind of at the tail end of his prime. you got to do it before that ends.
3: There's
2: AFC version of the Vikings. Yes. The Houston Texans. Okay. Mm. With a very good defense. You You could even argue the best in the league or can be the best in the league, and then the major question mark is the quarterback. Is Brock Osweiler in the same neighborhood as Teddy Bridgewater? He is, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could be. Is
3: there a situation where if you – we've talked about it, that Osweiler is a huge question mark. Nobody really – he didn't get paid like he's a question mark, but he is. But if if you really had to, you know, make a prediction, would he be about as good as Teddy Bridgewater, that wouldn't be a a crazy prediction. So they would be in the very same boat. But – what if he actually turned out to be a good player? Then they would be an AFC, uh, a real AFC uh, team to to worry about. I would think if you're the Patriots or anyone else. The, the key there would be that
1: Dan's boy uh, Lamar Miller would have to step up and become the Adrian Peterson of that team.
4: I I something about the Texans. Yeah, they'd they seem like a team in the mix. But I think the obvious the obvious one that we haven't mentioned is the Cincinnati Bengals, and that would be my choice for sure because that's they've got the best roster of any of these teams, and you could make a strong argument that they have fewer weaknesses than the Cardinals or the Panthers. So I don't think it's crazy to even put the Bengals close to their level in terms of a team that should be expecting to make the playoffs or else it'll be a huge disappointment, a team that does not have any big-time weaknesses right now and a team that has shown they can make the playoffs at least. They just got to start figuring
2: out how to win some games there. Also, similar to Cleveland, it's a team that needs to get the monkey off their back after a lot of years of mm-hmm. postseason futility.
3: Yeah, you can't discount the demons, and there's no way after, especially after what happened this past January, that any no matter what they do in the regular season, that's going to be something that's on the that team's mind. There's going to be some tightness. You you have to assume that. But maybe if Andy Dalton is healthy this time around and he's able to build off or have a similar season to last season, they they have everything there. That would that would be my pick as well, Greg. But I I am wary probably more than. Other people uh, of the demons factor, and that's why Minnesota is a team that really spooks me. If you want to get excited about him, because so many bad things happen to the Vikings when you get to January, and Cincinnati is obviously—it's uh, well documented uh, their inability to put a game together when it counts. There's some obstacles there,
4: but there's gonna—that's gonna be true for all these teams: the Bills, the Browns. You know, obviously no one thinks the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl this year. The Chargers, I mean, each one of these teams. The you know, Chargers, look, yeah. Look at every, some postseason
2: heartbreak. That's that's why they're on this list. If everything goes perfectly this year, couldn't you see the Chargers winning the Super Bowl?
1: Mm-hmm. That, that would have been my dark horse pick. Mm. If everything went right, for sure. That okay. would probably be like fifth or sixth on my yeah, list.
2: i say Gordon becomes who they thought they were drafting. The offensive line stays healthy. Keenan Allen's the number one. Gates has one more Indian summer year. Rivers plays like an MVP. The young defense has started to play well last year. Denzel Perryman's an all-pro. Mm.
4: That's a lot. Making Joey Bosa's rookie of the year. Pot- potential making the leap candidate, Denzel Perryman, by the way. Just throwing that out there. There's, I don't know. The Chargers have some upside. I like this. The headline for this podcast, Wesley Patra says Chargers could win the Super Bowl.
2: If everything that breaks. That yeah, if everything breaks right. I like it. I don't think it's that crazy uh
3: the jaguars still uh, seem like they could be a year or two away but they're a very interesting team if you if they take the next step uh on both sides of the ball but if, i mean asking them to do it in 2016 that might be a lot the browns got a lot of work to do obviously the bills I think we've all been pretty uh, upfront about. We don't think they have their act together. I I don't
4: think, if we're making a list, for instance, and I know we did this last year, teams that have no chance to win the Super Bowl, which is kind of a mean list to put together. But, you know, this is a (laughs) a league where everyone feels like you have some. I think the Bills are not on that list. I think the Bills are a team that could win the Super Bowl if everything broke. They're the Chargers club. They're in the Chargers club, yeah. And I would put them even a little hmm. below that, but it's not an untalented team. You've got some track record with the coaching staff. Uh, it's not that crazy. Who's the,
3: Wes, who's the best young quarterback on this list? We haven't talked about them yet.
4: Marcus Mariota? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Sam Bradford.
3: Are they on the list, Wes? If everything <laughs> clicks with a young Mariota, a young Montana at the controls, could they shock the world this year?
2: Here's, Any what, chance? I, here's what I would say. If everything clicks, the Titans can win the AFC South. I'm not willing to say that they can win the Super Bowl.
1: Mike Mularkey cannot win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Zero
2: <game. laughs>
4: Well, we we haven't mentioned the elephant in the room here. you uh, your Detroit Lions, Kevin Patrick. <laughs> potentially,
1: no. uh, with a <laughs> the Ewing effect, the NFC North. no Megatron,
3: no. and then they win the Super Bowl. How about Come a little on. Ewing theory sure. in uh, Motown, the, uh, the, Patrick?
1: No, the Ewing theory would have been with Sue last year. That would have been what it was. Say so you You can't lose two your best, your two best players back to back years
3: and mm. do anything. And how about the theory not... floated a little while back? And I, I forgot about it because it, it's a one two punch. But Sue and Megatron gone back to back years. That that when you guys got robbed in the, in Dallas, the window closed, didn't it? <laughs>
1: oh, it it got slammed shut. Yeah. That sucks.
4: I don't think the li- well. I don't know what to think about the Lions. The Lions it's placed in the pain rankings is safe. The Eagles. The Eagles. Do you trust Sam Bradford? I think the nope. Eagles can make the playoffs. Uh, in fact, I'm probably going to predict. I'm. I think they're going to predict them to win the. If NFL. you got
3: them going to the dance, you got to say they have. They're pretty well, high he, on this he list. He just said the Titans could be winning
4: the AFC South. No, I think there is a difference. The Eagles are a great example of making the playoffs does not mean you are a Super Bowl contender because they made the playoffs under Chip Kelly, and there was no scenario if they played that playoffs out a hundred times that that team was going to win the Super Bowl. There's always the 9th, 10th, 11th teams, and every once in a while someone makes a run or whatever, but I think in a best-case scenario, that's where they're at. Okay. Losing first round.
3: And it is not – I don't think it's a coincidence with the only team we haven't talked about yet is the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Patrick, say <laughs> something nice about the Falcons, about how they could uh, be Destiny's darling in 2016.
1: Well, maybe if Julio Jones catches like 30 touchdown passes. Hmm.
3: I would have put a pass.
2: Though. Which would be a record. That would be a record. But you
4: do—you have a quarterback. You have maybe the number one receiver in the NFL. And you have a defense that was somehow average last year despite very below average talent. So maybe that indicates Dan Quinn's a pretty good coach and could get him going.
2: Mm. All right. Not winning the Super
3: Bowl. Good talk, guys. Uh, Patrick, now let's touch on a couple more things before you go. because ah. it, it has been a while. First thing up, let's check in on the PBR. I'm a PBR. Yes, the patch of body report. <laughs> What's going on with your body? Is it hot?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's summer, so it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit more core work. I try to cut in the summer, bulk in the, in the winter. That's my usual thing. I just started a new, um, new workout program. It's a bunch of Aussies essentially yelling at you, it's, uh, kickboxing and Whoa. taekwondo sort of stuff. It's you also a, yeah.
4: said you have a special breakfast program you've been in for a year, where you don't oh, no. eat a normal I, I, bre- breakfast.
1: I just, yeah, it's just a shakeology thing. It's just a shake every morning. Shakeology.
3: Shakeology, and you know, you said it's summertime and you're cutting now, um, cutting weight at this time of year, and you, uh, you say summer but is it's, it kind of like not as much bulk, right? Is it the, is it kind of the thing that Bill Par the old Bill Parcellsism? It's like this is why you lift all them weights because you're thinking about being on the beach. Uh, with your lady, oh, yeah. and it, it's time to have uh, nice pecs and uh, nice tries and a nice flat belly.
1: Well, that and I'm I, I I'm a beer drinker, so you know where that goes right to the guts. You gotta you gotta take some time off and you know concentrate on that part of the
3: mm. part of the body. And now let's talk about your girlfriend because uh, without it getting into specifics,
1: <laughs> keep, keep, uh, keep pushing this one Dan.
3: Yeah, no, uh, just <laughs> uh, because number one. Have you found once you get into a committed relationship, uh, is it harder to uh, – or is there still the same drive to stay in peak physical
1: shape? Um, no, for me it's a routine thing, so that – I don't think she cares much. Hmm. I mean, she cares clearly, but no, no, that, that, I don't think that had anything to do with it or does have anything to do with it for me personally. And I don't yet- know. I couldn't tell you about ask the rest of the guys in the room.
4: Have you ever put any of her quotes on your motivational quote board? Good question,
1: Mark. Uh, no, absolutely not. Because then she'd see it. And then
3: finally, <laughs> I, I just I want to touch base about how has love changed your philosophy on life. And I, I point to uh, your Facebook profile photo, which is a, a, a adorable photo of you and your love uh, on a bed. You're, it's a selfie shot, and it, it's a soft side of, of Kevin Patrick that we, frankly, West never get to see. Uh, it's,
2: it's a beautiful photo.
3: Uh, is, is this is this a sign Thanks. that that love has changed you? That you're perhaps uh, less cynical, uh, more uh, more uh,
1: in love with the world, if you will. Uh, you know what? I'll let others be the judge of that. I'm not. I, I don't know. The hardest thing to do is judge yourself, right? I guess I'm. I'm pro- I guess I'd say I'm happier. If that helps you.
3: Well, yeah, that does help me. I like that you're happier. <laughs> but do you think you're a little softer? I- a little soften the uh, edge a little
1: bit. Yeah, it's except for now I have to watch a, a lot more reality or a lot more reality shows.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's part of the deal. That's, that's yeah. true. Are you uh, how old are you now? Thirty. Now you know you're at that number. Now is there a little pressure to move this thing along? <laughs> uh
1: no. We just moved in together a couple months ago. So Hello. Uh, Whoa! It's, it's it's moving along is just in the pace it needs to move along.
3: She moved into the Patrick gym. No, no, God no. <laughs> so you don't have the the apartment that's looking down at the projects anymore. That is correct. Oh, uh, I missed that place. Never was there, never right, saw foot right. in it, but I
1: already missed <laughs> it. North Chicago, North Chicago, the project standing
4: in. But you brought your <laughs> quote board uh with you to of the course. new to the new place, right?
1: Would you like yes. me to help you
2: add some new material to your whiteboard? Yeah, let's hear it.
1: Uh-oh. Uh uh. I I like it when it becomes more natural, but oh, I had something
2: natural for when you told me you were dropping weight this summer.
3: Okay, let's hear
2: it. Let's hear it. Are you back down to Greg's size again?
3: Oh no! There you go. Whoa, (laughs) Kevin Patrick. All right, your thoughts, Kevin. Um, no
1: comment. (laughs) That's going on the board, though, right? Uh, We'll see. We'll see. By the I haven't listened to the rest of the pod, so I don't know what
4: he said earlier. I. By the way, you can ask uh, you can ask David Ely, who runs runs our news desk here, and anyone else that's on the uh, message client whoa, 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 whoa. around five a.m. in the morning out here in the Pacific time zone. If there's, it's a softer Kevin patcher because I haven't I haven't found any softer Kevin Patrick in there. He's got some sharp elbows early in the morning. <laughs> sharp
3: teeth too. five a.m. Well, we don't want you to get too soft. I guess that's part of the reason I was asking those questions. Uh, I like Kev just the way he is. Kevin Patra, thank you for joining us, checking in on you. Everything seems to be in order, and uh, as always, the football takes come hot and heavy. NFL.com slash Patra for his rather large volume of write-ups. He is the number one content uh, deliverer on NFL.com. That is a true fact. That it. We I all think,
1: we all play our roles. We all play our roles. I think
4: Connor Orr and Kevin Patrick produce 80% of the content
1: now <laughs> on thank NFL. Thank you
3: for correcting that on NFL.com. I believe it. Uh, all right, Kevin Patrick, coming at you. See you, bud. Have a good one, fellas. Appreciate it. Okay, that's it. Tomorrow, uh, Colleen Wolf back again in the studio. Her uh, second show of the week. That's always fun. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. We're running out of stuff to talk about. Next week's definitely going to be a two <laughs> uh, two show week. Although it's been fun. It's just fun talking I'm with you. I'm happy with for
2: Kevin Patrick. Yeah, that's the way it. love's supposed to work. She's supposed to soften your hard edges. Mm. You're looking for somebody to soften your hard edges? Is that what you're saying? Of course. You need Um th- Phrasing. <laughs> we uh
3: we all need a compliment, don't we? Absolutely. My wife made me a better man. I'm sure uh Amica did the same for you. Sure. It was hard to get much better, but yeah. Emica, <laughs> a woman of Japan. Famously. <laughs> Famously. Alright, we'll be back on Thursday. I think she has never listened to this podcast. <laughs> uh, Colleen Wolf, of course, will be with us, but until then, this is Dan Hansis. Signing off for the mailman. The boss. Kevin Patrick coming at you. The Irishman. Go Irish. Till Thursday.
0: irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a
1: wine country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing oh i <laughs> ah,
2: love that
1: a redwood forest would be cool
2: i'm in
0: ah ski slopes let's
2: do it um a girl go shopping yeah baby wait